Uh, I want to go ahead and get right into the, the, the meat of all that we're going to talk about today. And uh, again, I want to welcome y'all. Thank y'all for coming and being with us today. We are in the middle of teaching a series called Painkillers. And uh, when we think about that, we, we talked about that in regards to the big idea. And the big idea is this. Where do people go when they're hurting? What do they run to when their life is falling apart, when your heart is breaking, when your mind is confused, when you've got all kinds of things going on and you are wounded in life and you're hurting and you know that you're in pain, what do you run to? Where do you go to find the, the answer for the questions? Where do you go find the healing for your heart? What do you do when you're hurting? And we've been talking about that called painkillers. Where, where do you turn? Where do you turn to to get away from your pain when, when, when you're going through all kinds of problems in your life and you're wanting to get away from it, you're wanting to run from the hurt and you're hurting and your life is shattered, what do you run to? And we've been talking about that on Sunday morning in the beginning of this series. I made a statement that I believe is profoundly true that we're living in a world today to where people are saying, well, uh, we've got a drug epidemic. Now, we know that. we got drug problems all over America, and we know that we got a drug epidemic. And, boy, I believe that with all my heart. People say, well, Brother Jackie, uh, we got a drug epidemic. Then people say, well, <clears throat> you know, people are abusing alcohol, and there's all kind of problems with that, and that's true. And then people say, well, you know what? Uh, we got a domestic violence problem, and we got family problems, and we got school problems. And uh, when we think about it, uh, we realize and understand we got all kind of problems. But in the beginning of the series, I don't have a problem with agreeing that we got drug problems and alcohol problems, domestic problems, and family problems, and school problems. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm convinced the umbrella over that is we got a pain problem. I believe that there's a lot of people that are hurting. There's a lot of people that are in pain, and because they're in that pain, they turn to the wrong things. They go to drugs. They go to alcohol. They go to all these things that we've been talking about on Sunday morning. And so what we've got to realize today, that people are running to the wrong things to try to fix their pain. Now, I want to make sure you understand this, and that is this. You may want to write this down, not in your outline, but the only painkiller that works is not in a pill, it's not in a bottle, it's not in a relationship. It's in Jesus Christ. Amen? So we realize then, that Jesus is the painkiller. He's the pain taker. When we run to him, we're running to the right person. Can I get an amen? But isn't it ironic that what most people do, they run to the wrong thing rather than the right thing. And when they run to the wrong thing, they find themselves, their pain getting worse and worse and worse. So in this series, take your pencil out, not an outline, but man, I'm going to give you some stuff you need to write down today. So we've been talking about painkillers. Everybody say that. What's it called? Painkillers. Pain now, we've been journeying, and I want you to just kind of write this down. Uh, the first thing we talked about was isolation. How that when you are hurting, chances are uh, you'll run to isolation to get by yourself. 
And we talked about that. And we talked about that that's not a good thing to do. Because God created you for community. He wants you to be connected. It's not good for man to be alone. So he created for him. A woman gave unto him to his wife to be his companion. He gave us the church that we're connected with. So what does the devil do? When you get hurt, you'll run into isolation. And when you run into isolation, the devil cuts you from the herd. And when he cuts you from the herd, the Bible says that we have an enemy. He's like a roaring lion. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. So we realized then that in the first message, isolation is not a good painkiller. And then we talked about, write it down, inappropriate relationships. How the people, when they get hurt, uh, they'll run to the wrong relationship. Uh, you know, they'll have a problem with their wife or their husband or whatever it may be, and they will run to the next relationship thinking, man, if I can just find somebody that'll love me, if I can just find somebody that'll care for me, uh, then I'm going to be all right. And what they do is they run from one wrong relationship uh, to another wrong relationship to another wrong relationship. And guys, you know what? Your pain doesn't get better. It gets worse. So we realized then that inappropriate relationships is not a good thing. And then thirdly, we talked about an independent spirit. How that uh, when you get hurt, uh, if you're not careful, you'll get an independent spirit. You'll say things like this. I don't need nobody. I'm my own boss. I make my own choices, make my own decisions. And you'll get an independent spirit about you, and you will be in more pain than you were to begin with. And then fourthly, we talked about idolatry, how that uh, when people are going through hard times and pain in their life, they'll run to an idol, whatever that idol may be. It can be pleasure. Uh, it can be a million different things. And we talked about how that when you replace God in your life, uh, that you set up an idol in your heart, and that idol will cause you more pain than you had in the beginning. So idolatry. And then last Sunday, we talked about intoxication. Write that down. Intoxication. We talked about how that people intoxicate themselves, and that is the alteration of the mind. That is, they, they drink too much, or they, they, uh, they, they take drugs, and uh, they find themselves getting intoxicated. And we talked about that last Sunday, how that intoxication does not fix your problem. Uh, it may numb it for a minute, but you'll have more pain, more problems than, than you started off with. We talked about how that happens to people. They run from pain trying to numb it, and in that numbing process, they destroy their lives. And I got, man, I'm going to tell you something. I got all kind of a response from that last week. People are still watching that online to God be the glory, and I hope and pray that it helps people. But today, everybody say today, today. Today is an interesting topic, y'all that when I was praying about it, and God gave me this one, I thought, Lord, this is the weirdest one I've got so far. And, and I'm going to tell you something. So are y'all with me? Say amen. Come on, guys. Uh, y'all with me now. Come on now. Uh, today, I want to talk about the painkiller that's a weird one, y'all. It's intellectual sabotage. Intellectual sabotage. Now, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to listen to me today because what I'm about to tell you is profoundly important. When we think about that, those two words, everybody say them out loud together, what they call intellectual sabotage. Now, I want you to think about those two words going together. The intellect, <clears throat> how does our intellect sabotage us? When we are in pain and we're hurting, a lot of times we, we challenge ourselves that we're going to get smart. 
And we say, man, you know what? God, uh, you know, people have hurt me. God's hurt me. Why, why is there so much pain in the world? Why is there, why this, why that? And if we're not careful, we'll set ourselves up for massive pain when we try to outsmart God. Now, you've probably never been guilty of that. You probably have never said, well, you know what, I'm, I'm trying to outsmart God. But if, you, if you're in the house of God and you're honest, you probably are lying about that. Because a lot of times we try to fix ourselves by ourselves. And a lot of times we try to do it without God. And remember what I'm going to tell you. We think that we're smarter than God. That we can fix our problems. That we don't need God. And I'm going to tell you, this one painkiller is one of the sneakiest. I, I'm talking about this painkiller will sneak up on you and destroy your life. Are you listening to me? So, so I want you to listen to me for just a moment. Before we dig in today, I want to set a standard or a stage for you, and I want to tell you something, okay? I believe, I believe this now, that it is very commendable to pursue intellectual achievements. As a matter of fact, I, I believe that we all ought to try to improve our intellect. I believe that every single one of us ought to try to pursue intellectual achievements and to continue to strive for more knowledge. I think that's a good thing to do. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with us trying to pursue intellectual pursuits and get, get smarter and get more knowledge. I don't think there's anything wrong with demonstrating an authentic pursuit of scholarly achievements. I believe that's a good thing. I believe that we all ought to do that. And so I'm not against that in any one sh shape, form, or fashion. I believe and I do teach this that it's important to always discipline yourself. Are you listening to be a learner? I, I came out of the business world. And I believe that we ought to be a constant learner. And I've said this over and over and over again, that when you stop learning, you stop leading. I believe that everybody ought to try to be a, a learner. I believe that we ought to read more, we ought to study more, we ought to push ourselves intellectually, and so I have no problem with that. But I want to put this thought in its proper perspective when we're talking about this painkiller. A lot of times, a lot of people, when they're in pain, they will turn to intellectualism to mask their pain, and they will try to leverage their worth and their value by how smart they are. Someone has well said, and I believe it's worthy of writing them, it takes something more than intelligence to act intelligently. Are you with me? It takes more, it takes something more than intelligence than, for, than to act intelligently. In other words, you may want to write this down, you can be a blooming idiot. Uh, you, you, you can have all the smarts in the world and mess up your life. You can think you are the smartest person on planet earth and everybody's an idiot but you and you'll find yourself in a mess before you turn around. Now I want to tell you, I've seen people do that. It's the trick of intellectual sabotage. Now take your Bible and open it up with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. And by the way, uh, this is a prophetic problem, a prophetic trick uh, that the devil uses. Now if you'll notice in chapter 3, Paul is writing to young Timothy and he's telling him, 
This know also that in the last days perilous times are going to come. How many of y'all believe we're living in the last days? I believe that we're living in the last days. And the Bible says that when you're there in those last days, perilous times are going to come. And those perilous times are going to be marked and they can be graded by some evidences that Paul tells Timothy about in the Word of God. He says men will be lovers of their own selves. They'll be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. They will be traitors in the head, heady and high-minded. They will be lovers of pleasure more than they're lovers of God. They will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. And he says, Timothy, from such you are to turn away from because what will happen in that day, they're going to creep in the houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, lead away, led away with divers' lust. Now look at verse number 7. Don't miss this. Underline it in your Bible. He says, they will be ever learning, but they will never be able to come to the what? Not true. In other words, this is what's going to happen to them, Timothy. They're going to be, they're going to be intellectual. Uh, they're going to pursue intellectualism. They're going to try to build their platform on how smart they are. Uh, they're, going to, they're going to do everything they can do to make sure that they are smart people, but they're going to be as dumb as a rock when it comes to spiritual truth. Ladies and gentlemen, let me go on record to say this. We're living in that day right now. We're living in that day right now to where people are pursuing intellectualism and because of that, listen, we are smarter than we've ever been in the history of the world. But we're dumber spiritually than we've ever been. So what happens is this. They pursue to get smart. That's what they're doing. But they are missing God by a mile. Now listen to Brother Jackie. Satan is a master of using this painkiller to set you up for failure. Many people turn to this painkiller to try and outsmart their pain. They try to outsmart God. They get too smart for their own good. Here's a million dollar quote you may want to write down. People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. It doesn't, listen, your smartness, your intellect does not impress people. Listen, right, remember what I'm about to tell you. If you are pursuing an intellectual platform, people don't care how much you know if you're mean, you're critical, you're negative about everything, you're destructive, you're self-righteous, you're arrogant, and you are a know-it-all. People don't care how smart you are. You listen to this. This is worth writing down. You may have all the answers, but you will find yourself brilliantly alone. You may have all the answers, but you'll find yourself brilliantly alone. You know what you'll be? Watch this. This is a word Brother Jackie come up with, and I'm so proud of me. You'll be an intellectual terrorist. You'll just blow everybody up. You'll think you're smarter than everybody and you'll become an expert on blowing everybody up with your self-perceived brilliance. You'll think that you're the smartest cookie around and everybody else is an idiot. You might win the battle, listen to me, you might win the battle, but you are sure to lose the war. 
You may think you've got it all figured out, but the book of Proverbs in chapter 12, verse 15 says, the ways of a fool is right in his own eyes. I've got news that for you, we're all ignorant in some way. Can I tell you, let me say that to you again. We're all dumb in some way. We're all ignorant in some way. You know what? There, you don't know it all. Can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor and say, he must be preaching to you today. You, you don't know it all. You don't know everything. You're dumb in some area. Good night. When you go to, you know, if you're going to have a heart surgery, you, you don't know what the heart surgeon knows. Let me tell you something, guys. I may know a lot of Bible stuff, but look, you open the hood under my car, I'm as dumb as a rock. Can I get an amen? I need a mechanic. I need somebody who knows how to work on the car. So if I get this, this position in my mind, oh, you know what? I'm all that, and everybody else is just an idiot. Everybody else may be that until my car tears down. You know what? I need somebody that knows something about that. Can I get an amen? So, so you need to write this down. You write it down. I'm going to watch y'all, see if y'all write this down. Write this down. I'm dumb in some area. I'm dumb in some... Go ahead and tell your neighbor that. Go ahead and tell them. I want you to look at them and say it. Dumb in some area. But see, if I think I know it all, if I think I know it all, and man, I'm just going to, you know what? I, I, I send this stuff that I, I'm the smart one, you're the dumb one. Then you know what? I place myself in a position that's dangerous. Because I'll start thinking more highly of myself than I ought to. Then I'll start being critical of everybody else. And see, most of the time when you shape it all down, y'all, and you start looking at this, a person that, that battles with intellectual sabotage is really a person that's hurting with self-worth. And, and then this self-worth causes them pain, so they gotta, they got to prove something. They, they got to prove something. And when you look here together, you begin to realize, and by the way, can I be honest with y'all say, yeah, Brother Jack? The older I get, the dumber I am. You know, when I was 20 years old, I had it all figured out, y'all. Y'all act like I don't, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. When I was a teenager, my mom and dad was the dumbest two people on planet Earth. And the older I get, now they're geniuses, amen. So what you realize is the more I learn, the dumber I get. The more I think I got it all figured out, the more I realize I don't have anything figured out. The more I understand, the less I know. Can I get an amen, y'all? So, so you got to realize, what does the devil want you to do? He wants to set you up, write this down as a know-it-all. Most intellectual sabotage is embraced because of low self-worth or pride. Now write this down. What I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a test on it. Satan's number one trick, not in the outline yet, stay with me, is to get you to think less of yourself than you ought to or to get you to think more of yourself than you ought to. See, if he can beat you down and tell you ain't worth nothing, you believe it, he's got you where he wants you. But if he can build you up and tell you, you know what, you're all that, he's got you where he wants you. So Satan knows how to do that, y'all. And if we're, if we're not careful in the pain that we got, 
We'll try to prove ourselves by making everybody else look dumb. And we will set ourselves up that way and the devil will have you exactly where he needs you. All right, are you ready? Let's look at the first point because this is profound. Intellectual sabotage is the oldest trick in Satan's playbook. It's the oldest thing in the whole Bible. The devil don't come up with new tricks. He just uses his old ones over and over and over again. And by the way, he's a master at this one. This is the one that caused more problems than anything that we've ever been introduced to. You know what it is? Intellectual sabotage. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. You know what that word subtle means, sneaky? The devil is a sneaky snake, y'all. And the Bible tells us <coughs> that, that he said to the woman, yea, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the tree, of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, <coughs> God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Of course, she didn't pay attention because that's not what he said. And the woman said to, the serpent said to the woman, say it with me, everybody. You shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened. Come on now. And you will be as God's knowing good. You know what he's saying? If you'll go ahead and do this, you'll be as smart as God. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant for the eyes and the tree was desired to make one wise. And she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he just ate it. Now watch this. What, what's the oldest trick in the book? To try to convince you that you can get smart that you can get smarter than God, that God's holding out on you, that no matter where you are in life, that you can have more than God has. And a lot of people that are struggling with, with pain, that's exactly what they do. They get on this pursuit of intellectualism and they sabotage themselves. Now let's look at the second thing. It's powerful. Here we go. Intellectual sabotage is fueled by, say it with me, self-righteousness. Now take your Bible and open it over to the book of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 18. And you'll notice in Luke, chapter 18, that Jesus is talking about a Pharisee. <clears throat> now, a Pharisee is a, was a religious person that was pursuing intellect. They want, they want to be religiously smart. And, and man, they wanted to position themselves to be above everybody else. And the devil set them up to destroy them through their intellectualism. Now, if you'll notice there, the Bible says right there in verse number, uh, verse number 9 of chapter 18, and he spake a parable unto certain. Now, let's ask ourselves right now, what is a parable? Well, Jesus spoke a lot in parables. And you may want to remember this. A parable is an earthly story that presents a heavenly truth. 
In other words, Jesus would tell stories to try to get people to understand a spiritual principle. The Bible says that here in this story, he was telling a story about a certain which, what? Trusted in themselves. Come on now, that they were righteous. In other words, uh, you know what? <clears throat> I've got this figured out. I am righteous. I'm righteous, everybody else is unrighteous. I'm pious, everybody else is low. You know, I, I, I got this. Man, and the Pharisees, are you listening? They, they position themselves intellectually to look down their nose at everybody. So, so what they were doing, Jesus is using an example here that says to them, man, you know what? There's danger in trusting in yourself. Are you listening? Because when you trust in yourself, you'll start despising others. You'll think you're better than they are. So this intellectual sabotage will be, will, 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 will be demonstrated by self-righteousness. You know, I'm all that, you're not all that. Man, I'm spiritual, you're not spiritual. I got it figured out, you don't have it figured out. I'm above you and you're below me. And this self-righteousness is what the devil uses to destroy your own life. Now let's look at the next thing because it's powerful. Listen carefully. Intellectual sabotage sets the trap of smart superiority. Smart superiority. When your intellectual man, mind becomes greater than the love in your heart, you are in trouble. When you, when you, the Pharisee could not see how spiritually dead he was. And if your intellect is not balanced by your spirit, man, you become uh, an enemy to your own self. The Bible tells us that you're not supposed to talk, think highly of yourself than you ought to. And I want you to look at verse number 9 and 10 there in the Scripture. The Bible says, according to the Word of God, right there in that point it says in verse number 9, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were what, church? What were they? They were righteous, and when they were righteous they what what did they do everybody they despised other watch this two men went up to the temple to pray the one was a pharisee the other was a public the other one thought he thought he was smart the other one was just a nobody and the bible says the pharisee stood and prayed within himself and said god i thank you i'm not like other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this publican. Look at what he's praying. He's saying, God, you know what? I'm superior to this guy. This guy right here, I'm glad I'm not like him. I'm glad I'm not a drug addict. I'm glad I ain't like that. I'm glad I'm not an alcoholic. God, I'm glad I, I'm glad I got my life all together, you know? I sure am glad that, that my family's all got it all together. Boy, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I'm not like that one. Can you see that self-superiority? That he's saying, God, you know what? I feel like that, that this, is, this guy's a loser and I'm a winner. I feel like that, that I'm superior to that person. Now, you may say, Brother Janky, I've never done that. Well, I have. I remember reading a book one time, and it was called The Pharisee and Me. 
And I read that little book, and I tell you what, I would highly advise, if you don't want to get under conviction, don't read that book. And I looked at that, and that, that book began to, began to just scrape away for me a, a pharisaical attitude. Because I'm going to tell you, if you're not careful, you'll think you're better than somebody else. You'll think that you've got it all together, and they don't. And you'll start looking down on people while at the same time the devil, watch this, the devil's setting you up for failure. Because watch this, you can, you can, you can kind of see the, the nastiness of adultery. You can kind of see the nastiness of, of, of extortion and unjust, and all, but man, you can't see the nastiness of self-priority. You know, you, you, you have to look deep inside you to see that. It's easy to point your finger at everybody else. It's easy to say, you know what, they, they don't have it together. But sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror and see how nasty you really are. Because you know what? You're just filled up with self-superiority. And you promoted yourself above everybody else. Did you notice that scripture? Did you notice that? It says he prayed in himself. You know why? Because I thank God. I ain't listening to that fool. Only body listened to him is himself. Because you know what? When you give the air that you're better than everybody else, people ain't going to listen to you. People don't want to hear what you got to say. If you, if, you, if you have yourself as self-superior than everybody else, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can't, you can't manage, you, you can't help people if you think you're better than they are. And so when I looked at it together, when we find out, when we look at our life and we say, I'm better than everybody else and I've got everything figured out and they don't, you're in trouble. Now look at the next one. Boy, this is so important. Intellectual sabotage is what? Self-promotion. Self-promotion. Uh, you know, when you look at a person that's being set up with intellectual sabotage, they'll promote themselves. Look at what it says in verse number 11. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, come on everybody, read it out loud. I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week and I gave tithes of everything I possess. Does that make y'all sick? I want you to go back and look at them verses. How many times I is mentioned? I do this. I do that. I gave, I gave money to the church. I showed up. I'm faithful. I'm, I'm this and I'm that. Did you know that you can be so self-promoting that you're going right into the trap Satan's setting for you? Did you know that you can be so self-promoting that you can, even, you can even kid your own self? When you listen to yourself talk, do you talk more about you than you do about God? How do you handle that? Intellectual sabotage is a dangerous trick Satan will destroy your life with. All right, look at the next one. Intellectual sabotage gives birth to a what? You ever said this about him? You can't tell him nothing. 
You can't tell them nothing. You know why you can't tell them nothing? Somebody tell me. Because they know everything. You can't tell them nothing. They know everything. I mean, you're wasting your time trying to tell them something because they know everything. They're stubborn. This intellectual sabotage has set them up to where you can't tell them nothing. They've got a stubborn arrogancy about them. And I want you to look at verse number, uh, verse number 11. The Pharisee stood, prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you, I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give all that I got. You know, I give tithes and all that I possess. Do you really think you could tell him anything about himself? Do you really think that you could walk up to this guy and go, you know what, you are a spiritual wreck. No, you couldn't tell him that. You know why? Because he was stubborn about it. You couldn't tell him that problem because he was struggling with a stubborn attitude because intellectual sabotage, write this down, had caused him to self-promote himself. Which brings us to the next one. Watch this. Intellectual sabotage is self-glorying. Self-glorying, that's what it does. It causes you to glory in yourself more than God. Look at verse number 11 and 12 again. I, I stand, stand and I pray and I say this with God. I'm praying to myself. God, I thank you I'm not like everybody else. I thank you, Lord, I'm not as other men are. Watch this. I, I thank you, God, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm not, I, I'm not even like this old heathen publican over here. I fast twice a week, and I give tithes that all I possess. You know what? I'm just all that, ain't I, God? It'd be like me saying this. You know what? God, good night. Ain't you proud of me? I mean, I'm better than that idiot Keith sitting right there. Good night, man. He's a, he's a, he ain't got it figured out. God, you know what? He's a, he's a wreck. But look at me. God, you know what? I'm the, I'm the heaven's pretty boy. I got, boy, aren't you proud of me, God? I mean, good night. Keith, if you knew what I knew about him, you wouldn't let him come stand at the altar because he's just a sinner. But God, look at me. Aren't you proud of me? I give my tithes. I do all this stuff. Oh, Lord, I am, I, I'm the poster kid for who you're proud of. Don't, don't that just make you sick? Don't that just make you sick? Don't it just make you go, are you kidding me that you would glory in yourself and you're saying, you know what, I'm glad I'm not like him. Glad I'm not like her. She's, a, she's, a, she's just a witch, man. I'm glad I ain't like her. Glad I'm, not like that. I'm glad our family ain't like that family. I'm glad, I'm glad I don't come in and act like that in church. Dear God, you see how she dressed today? Good night. I can't believe they did that. Can I tell you what's wrong with our churches? That. that we just intellectually sabotage ourselves. We just think we're smarter than everybody, prettier than everybody, and better than everybody. And man, we, we, this thing sneaks into your life. And watch this, write it down. If you're not careful, you'll believe that about you. You'll think you're all that and everybody else ain't. You'll think you're the, you're the elite brain of God's heaven. 
And you'll think, man, you know what? I, I, you know, I got, I'm a boy, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm glad I'm me. And when you look there together, it's self-glorying. And I'm going to tell you this, you know what? God don't like that. Because we're all just sinners. There's nothing good with any of us. Can I get an amen? And you know what? If you think you're smart and you got it all figured out, wait till you need something that you don't know. You know, when I, uh, when I need a roof on my house, I, you know, I don't, nobody, I don't need to know all what King James says. I need somebody who knows how to put a roof on the house. I, if my car breaks down, I need to know somebody knows how to be a mechanic. I can't be smart in everything. That's why God made us that way, because we need each other. And when you're in pain, if you're not careful, you'll get a brat attitude, and you will say, you know what? I'm going to get smart. And when you get smart, you're about to mess up. Because the last thing is profound. Intellectual sabotage is self-destructive. Self-destructive. Now, when you think about this, it becomes a serious thing. Look at what happens in verse number 13. The publican, standing afar off, would not lift up even so much as his eyes into heaven. But he smote his breast, saying, say it with me, everybody, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Look what Jesus says. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other man. For everyone that exalts himself will be abased. But he that humbles himself will be exalted. Let, let, me, let me give you something. Write it down. Intellect is a condition of the mind. Humility is a condition of the heart. God's not impressed with how smart you are. God's impressed with how humble your heart is. So when we get ourselves in a position that we think, oh, you know what, I'm just going to get on this smart train, you're going to self-destruct before you know it. And when you become critical of everybody else and you've got it all figured out, and you point your finger at everybody else and you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm superior to them and I'm smarter than they are, you are about to mess your life up. Now let's go back there for just a moment. I want you to shout out those seven things before we look at the last thing. You ready? Intellectual sabotage is the oldest trick where? Satan's playbook. Intellectual sabotage is fueled by what? Intellectual sabotage sets you up for the trap of superiority. Intellectual sabotage is what? Self-promoting. Intellectual sabotage gives birth to a what? Stubborn attitude. Intellectual sabotage is what, y'all? Self-glory. And intellectual sabotage is self-destruction. The book of Galatians, that next scripture says it this way. 
For if a man thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, somebody tell me, he deceives himself. Now, there's a lot of bottom lines that I give that are pretty cool a lot of times, like, okay, I got this one figured out. I want to give you a bottom line that I think is good. I want you to open your Bible to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew, chapter 23. Matthew, chapter 23. Boys up there in that balcony. Way back there in that balcony. Hey, boys. Back in that balcony. I don't need to be trying to preach this and y'all not listening. So I, this is one chance I'm going to call on you to say, you're not going to do that in this church. So you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to I'm done. You understand that? Okay. All right. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 23, verse number 1. Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 1. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works. For they say, Do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Verse number five, powerful. But all their works they do to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and they enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the utmost rooms at the feast and in the chief seats and synagogues and greetings in the market and to be called a men rabbi, rabbi. But be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ and all your brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called master, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you will be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and, and for repentance make long prayers. Therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, you make him twofold the child of the hell than you yourselves. Woe unto you! You blind guides which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple is a debtor. You fools, you blind, whether is the greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever swears by the gift that is upon it, he's guilty. You fools and blind, for whether is the greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. 
Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, swears by it, and by all things thereon. And whosoever shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, swears by the throne of God, and by him that setteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you paid tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you have done and not leave the other undone. You blind guides which strain in a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you make the clean outside the cup and the platter, but within you're full of extortion and excess. You blind Pharisees, clean first that which within the cup and platter that the outside of them may be clean. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you're like whited tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within you're full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulcher of the righteous and say, if we'd been in the days of our father, we'd not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, you be witnesses unto yourself that you are children of them that kill the prophets. Fill you up then the measure of your father, you serpents, you generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? You know who he was talking to? He wasn't talking to harlots, thieves. He wasn't talking to drug addicts. He was talking to religious folks. He was talking to people that thought they were better than everybody else. He was talking to people that were sabotaged intellectually into thinking that they were better than everybody else and they were smarter than God. Here's the question. How about you? You say, well, Brother Jackie, I, I'm not, you know, I, 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 I'm not committing adultery. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not doing alcohol. And you can get up and walk out of a church building saying, praise the Lord, God is good. But let me ask you this. Is there any Pharisee in your heart? Is there any pride in your life that you, maybe, the devil has filled your mind up to say, you know what, you're quick to judge, you're quick to be critical, you're quick to be negative, and all those things in your life that you need to say, God, you know what, I may not do drugs. God, I may not drink, I may not drink. God, I have to be honest with you. Sometimes I think more highly of myself than I should. Sometimes the devil sneaks in your life and he'll set you up for failure. And a lot of times when you're hurting, if you're not careful, you'll come to that place in your life where you will conclude, man, I'm going to be smarter than God. And you'll be in trouble before you know it. Now, you may have all the answers, but nobody will listen to you. You may have it all figured out, but in figuring all that out, you'll push people away from you. 
So today, with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, I'm going to ask a hard question. And that hard question is this. Anybody in here ever been guilty of that? You don't raise your hand in the house of God if you've ever been guilty of that? Let me see your hands. A lot of us have, haven't we? I'm going to tell you, that's one of the sneakiest tricks Satan will use on you is intellectual sabotage. He's a sneaky devil to destroy your life. Now today, you may not know Jesus as your Savior. If you don't know him as your Savior, we're going to ask you in just a moment to take this opportunity to come down. There's going to be ministers here, and those ministers are going to be here to help you with that decision. And they'll lead you in a time of prayer. If you'd like to know Jesus and invite him into your heart, I'd like for you to make that decision today. Maybe you're here and you've been looking for a church home, and you're going, you know what? I need to make this my home. Well, we'd love to help you with that. You just come on down and these men will help you with that decision. Or maybe you need to come to the altar and say, God, I may not do drugs and I may not drink alcohol and I might not do this and do that, but God, I'm going to ask you to forgive me for that mess I in my mind of thinking more highly of myself than I ought to. Maybe you need to just stand, come, pray, and let this be your moment where you connect with God as our ministers come. Brother Randy's going to sing with us, and you all stand with me. And if you want to come and pray, you come right now. We'll take this opportunity to do that as you make your way right down here to this altar. I'll be the first on my knee if you'll meet me here. It's a time for God to do business with our life. So you come as we sing together. Will you come today?